Welcome to Growing in Grace, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. And now, here's the host of Growing in Grace, Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Hi, I'm Mike Kapler along with Joel Brzezinski, Growing in Grace. Good to have you with us again. Um, we do this every week, about 15 minutes, just an informal time. Sometimes we have a few good laughs. Other times we just like to uh, have some discussion between Joel and myself, and hopefully you feel like you're a part of that too. The discussion, of course, is all based upon looking into the Scripture and trying to find out more about this covenant that we were talking about on our last program, this unconditional love that Jesus Christ has poured out on all of mankind and has given us an opportunity to uh, gain a greater understanding of the gift of righteousness. And Joel, I, I remember when our pastor in church one time uh, asked for a show of hands, and he said, how many people here think that they're righteous? Mm. <laughs> he was in church, <laughs> and not very many hands went up, but I knew exactly where he was going. It's just that it, it, I think it caught a lot of people off guard. But if you went from church to church across the country and perhaps around the world, and you asked the, the, the believers in, in churches all around the world, that same question. Do you think you're righteous? I wonder how many hands would go up in the air. Well, part of the reason for our program is to help you understand that you are righteous. It's not based upon what you do or how good you live. It's it's based upon the gospel of Jesus Christ and what he has provided for us as a gift. That's what makes it such great news. It is great news. And, uh, you know, you were talking about, you know, sometimes we get together and we have a good laugh. I was just, I wanted to have a good cry today. But, I don't know, we're going to talk about the good news. <laughs> Maybe one of us can act like, you know, some sappy preacher and just come up with some tear-jerking words to try to get everybody to cry, and then he'll know he's a good preacher, and we'll know we're good pre- and then we, you know, we can all have a good, a good cry together. Well, and somewhere in there I'm going to have to ask for money then. <laughs> and then we'll really be crying. <laughs> so, no, not again. Yeah. Uh, not for the... 20th time this year. Anyway, that the right, you know what you were t- <laughs> talking about there. Is anybody here righteous? Do you consider yourself righteous? And that is what Jesus Christ came for. And that's what the church is all about, you know. That's what Christ did for us. He in Romans it says that the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed in the gospel. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. I'm looking in Romans 3:22. There's no difference. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but verse 24, we're justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And so, you know, when we're in church or we're, when we're anywhere and somebody says, are you righteous? Raise your hand up quicker than anybody else because you know that not because of what you've done or not done, but because of Jesus Christ, you are righteous. And it's sad, you know, that in the church today, people don't consider themselves righteous because you're totally missing out on what Christ did for us. Christ didn't come to get us to sit here and, and try to follow a whole bunch of rules and regulations in order to make sure that we maintain our righteousness before God. He came to give it to us as a gift. And that's, I think, it's kind of sadly lacking in the church today, just this knowledge, just the understanding of what Christ did for us. And so, yeah, we're here to, we, I get passionate about this. I know you do, too. We just, we love talking about this. 
and and I think it's because in the church today it's it, it is so sadly lacking. And any time we can have a conversation like this, and anybody's listening who maybe is wondering or questioning just where they stand with God, if you've trusted in the finished work of Jesus Christ, it's not hard to do. It's not struggling or striving to make yourself right. Just trusting in what Christ did for you. You are righteous. You are a friend of God. You are a child of God, completely holy and sanctified. Well, it's the foundation of the gospel, and and for years I never heard it, <laughs> never heard it taught, and uh, I'm not saying it wasn't taught. I, I just didn't hear much about it, and and then guys like Steve McVeigh, men and women, started popping up with a message that this world really needs. I've heard Steve McVeigh himself say that, you know, really what what this country or what the world, for that matter, what this country needs is not the Ten Commandments; it's Jesus Christ. Going back to the Old Covenant versus the New, Joel, um, the, the Old Covenant was not able to make us righteous. You know, back then when, when, when sin took place, or sins, you know, they had to regularly go and, and make these animal sacrifices to, to cover up that sin with the, the blood of the animal. And yet, Jesus Christ, who, you know, is our high priest, he made one sacrifice for all. Once and for all, he, he made the sacrifice that would cover all of all of the sin of mankind, past, present, and future. And that, you know, what that does that that just brings me. Uh, this is why we never get tired of talking about it. Knowing that that has made me righteous, knowing that what he has done, and and me trusting in what he has done, caused me to receive this gift of righteousness. It it, it brings assurance. It brings peace. It brings a, a level of confidence, not the kind of confidence I used to have, Joel, when I was walking the walk and talking the talk. And then a week or two later, I'm struggling and on my knees asking God to please forgive me. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. please, just forgive me again, Lord, and, and I'm really going to try harder next time. Boy, that was a rough period in my life for like 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> Where I was always on this treadmill of, you know, I'd have my highs and I'd have my lows, and when I was having the highs, my confidence was just, you know, I could cast out a demon a thousand miles away. And and yet when, when things were going bad, I, I didn't even hardly even want to hear the name of God, you know. Uh-huh. And that, that's a frustrating thing. So once you begin to understand this foundation of the gospel, that you were righteous in him, it's his righteousness, not yours or mine, but he has made us righteous. Well, when you begin to understand that, it, it just it changes everything, and, and you just can't get tired of talking about it. Yeah, I, you know, one one thing perhaps is that that makes it hard for people to understand the the difference between the two covenants, and that we're in a new covenant, not an old covenant, is that we've got this book, the the Bible. We've got this thing with thirty nine books in the Old Testament, uh, twenty seven in the New Testament. We call the whole thing the Word of God. We say. Uh, it's infallible. We say that we believe what's in there. And so we, we kind of get this mentality that we open up this book, we open up the Bible, and no matter where we turn to, that's God's Word to us. And so we think that whatever I read in the Bible, that's what God's saying to me. And so we go, we open up to Exodus 20, and we find the, the Ten Commandments. Or we open it up to Leviticus, and we think, this is God's Word to me. But... We're told in part of the, in in a place in this Bible to rightly divide the word of truth. There are 
things in this Bible that are of one covenant. There are things that are in the Bible that are of another covenant. Only one of these covenants speaks to us. The first covenant did have a good purpose, and it has a good purpose. And that's to lead people to their understanding that they need the new covenant. And I'm, I'm looking here. I was just reading from from Romans uh, Romans 3:22 and 21 and 22. But just just a step ahead of that, uh, just before that, Romans 19. And this this verse helps me to understand it. It opened up the world to me, I guess, in, in as far as my understanding of the difference between the two covenants. Romans 3:19 says, "Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law." The Lord had me camp out on this verse for for several months. I remember it way back when. It's just like that was exciting to me to realize that whatever the law says, it's not speaking to me, it's speaking to those who are under the law. And that's just the first part of the verse. But and the reason for that is the verse goes on to say that every mouth may be stopped and the world become guilty before God. So the law's purpose was so that Whoever, whatever the law is speaking to, it's speaking to those who are under the law, that they might, that their mouths might be stopped. In other words, that they would stop trying to justify themselves before God and realize that they're guilty before God. That was the purpose of the Old Covenant. Anything that you read in the Old Covenant, its purpose is to stop your mouth from justifying yourself before God, making you realize your guilt and this is before you come to Christ if you've come to Christ the law is not speaking to you anymore that old covenant isn't speaking to you anymore because you've understood your guilt before God and you've turned to the only thing that can make you righteous again and that's the, that's Jesus Christ himself so verse 20 therefore by the deeds of the law no flesh will be justified in his sight for by the law is the knowledge of sin that's it that was the purpose of the old covenant the knowledge of sin, so we understand that we're sinners. We understand that, we come to Christ, and the, the tutor of the law, its job is done. Now we're living a life that's based upon Jesus Christ, not law. Well, it's amazing how so much of this has slipped under the radar in, in, in our churches uh, over the years, Joel. And it's not just uh, modern-day American churches. It's been going on ever since Jesus died and rose again. You know, even since the early part of the church, but uh, which brings us back to Paul's writings in the New Testament. As we look through the, the, the New Testament writings of the Apostle Paul and, and how he talks about some of what you were just talking about, for example, about the law, about uh, this new covenant that we're now under, and no, no longer bound to the law anymore. Paul, Paul makes this argument throughout just about every book in the New Testament. <laughs> and somehow it slipped under the radar here in the church. I remember, and there were times where Paul would admonish believers to, uh, you know, follow a certain pattern of behavior because of, of what Christ has done for them. For example, I remember Paul one time said, let him who uh, stole steal no more. Well, why didn't he just refer them back to the Ten Commandments? Don't forget the Ten Commandments, people, because Paul at one point said, you know, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. In other words, you know, let me just give the the paraphrase that, that goes through my mind is, I can, I can choose to do what I want. I've got the freedom to choose now. But some of the choices I make aren't going to be very good if, if I'm not careful. 
and you know you, you can still reap some of what you sow in in this life you can hurt other people and cause pain and cause problems based on some of the choices that you make in that way but the point being Joel, you know, Paul didn't continually refer back to people trying to obey the commandments. He was trying to show them that you're no longer bound uh, to that prison anymore. You've been freed from it. They were nailed to the cross. And now, you know, for example, if we're following the Ten Commandments or the laws of, of, of the Old Covenant, this Sabbath thing, Joel, I've got to get up on this. <laughs> I don't know all the rules of the Sabbath. I know, for one, you, you weren't, you're not supposed to walk more than 3,000 feet on the Sabbath, and I, I, I think I've broken that one. <laughs> uh, for one thing, I think the Sabbath is on Saturday, not Sunday, right? Yep. <laughs> and so it's easy to get the two covenants mixed up, and, and I'm afraid that it probably causes a lot of confusion out there, especially amongst new believers. Well, even in those... Top ten, <laughs> even in those ten commandments. Not to mention the uh, five hundred or the six hundred and three other commandments. <laughs> There's just so much to keep up on, and so I'm glad that we're freed from all of that. The Bible says so. The New Covenant, the New Testament tells us so. The writings of Paul and and uh, the rest of the New Testament tells us that it, that that it had its purpose, but its purpose in us has been fulfilled. And now we're walking in freedom and by the life of Jesus Christ and not by not by commandments. Thanks a lot for listening uh, to us this week on Growing in Grace. And we'll be back again with you next time for more talk about the wonderful grace of God. You've been listening to Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Baruzaki, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. 